Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You want to talk about books? What are you reading? Anything good? I just read a book that I really like. Do you read show business show is going just so you guys know oh. <laughs> i don't know if you want to do a show but it's going here we go <laughs> brothers sisters siblings welcome to Penn sunday school starring Penn Gillette. my name is michael joe matt is on the road but pen ready rich and i are broadcasting from show creator studio south here in las vegas <laughs> on today's show we've got america's sweetheart the great comedy magician Matt King is here in the studio America's to tell us about are. his latest stage adventures. Here he is, Breach of Love, Mr. Penn Gillette. Yeah, Breach of Love. Here we are. America's that's, sweetheart? That's right, you buddy. Are. Debbie yeah. Reynolds, dead as a hammer. Yeah. Falling on to you. You're, you're, you're filling in for Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> Once Juice Newton quit singing, uh, it was uh, up to you. Juice Newton. Do you write, do you write Juice Newton? <laughs> Juice Newton was not ever America's sweetheart. I worked in Texas. There was a billboard that told me she was America's sweetheart. Really? Juice yes. Newton? America's sweetheart? Newton Juice a, Newton? Yep. There was a billboard yep. that said that? Yes, there was. <laughs> what was Juice Newton's hit? Uh, Playing with the Queen of Hearts. Is that her? That no, sounds right. Really yeah. smart. The Joker yeah, ain't maybe. the only fool. Is she even American? Who'll do anything for <laughs> Her name is Juice. How could she be anything but American? She could be Australian. Yeah. Uh, Juice Newton also did Angel of the Morning. Oh, that's oh, that's one. it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. But Queen of Hearts was also her. Okay. Juice Newton. Do you write those, or does I, Ready Rich send no, you those? No, I type them out. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So you you chose. I chose America's Sweetheart. Okay. That is correct. <laughs> what you been reading, Matt King? Oh, dear. Do you read Showbiz Bios? I, once in a while. Once uh, in a while. I just read. I mean, Steve Martin's is one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, that's an autobiography. Yeah. It's a, yeah, okay. But yeah. And uh, the uh, I mean, to me, the greatest one is Harpo Speaks. Yes. Have you read that? Yes. yes. Yeah. I gave it to yeah. Godot because his children are adopted. Yeah. So I gave it to right. Godot. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's Great. the greatest that's one the to me. One. And uh, Steve Martin's is right up there. Uh, Act One, Moss Hart. Have you read that? I haven't read that, but I, I know it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Back in the day, he was a gay man married to Kitty Carlisle. Oh, yeah. Well, anybody married to Kitty Carlisle is going to be doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, but he doesn't mention his homosexuality at all in that book, mm -hmm. which is, you know, we kind of sad right yeah, sure. yeah but uh so but i just read do you in the i know you read the new york times every day i do uh me too my coffee my decaf coffee every day <laughs> there's a weekly column in the book review by the book where they ask people yeah, about yeah yeah. yeah yeah i don't i like to read old-fashioned paper i don't read electronic yeah whatever <laughs> i have them all covered up on my desk and i put the ones on the floor over there oh i never really liked nabokov <laughs> but i yeah, yeah. Uh, oh and for dinner i'd have people like mark twain but maybe he's too smart for me 
right? Isn't that that's, every one of them? That's about it. <laughs> but I, I, I really like that, actually, Kyle. So do You're I. making fun of it. I'm but, uh, making fun of it. But how, you, you know the reason I can make fun of it? Because I never miss one. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, and you get, I mean, I got... You get a lot of, to yeah. me, you get a lot of really, oh, I'm, I'm going to look at that and see what that is. That's, mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. And it sounds interesting because yeah. yeah. they ask people what they're reading or what's yeah. the, the, the best question to me is what's the best book you've ever read that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So that's one of the standard questions. So one of those answers was a bio called the smoking diaries. Did you ever, do you know anything about that? Yes. Why? I don't, well, somebody, I mean, just a month ago, or a, yeah. it was in that column. Yeah. Somebody, I don't remember who, said that this is the best. It made me laugh, it made me cry, et cetera, one of those things. And it's uh, a playwright that I, you probably know the name, and I don't. I mean, I didn't. Uh, Simon Gray. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I, I just know the name. Yeah. I mean, you could probably look up and see what he's written. He's written a bunch of plays. Mm-hmm. It made me think of it. We were talking in an earlier episode mm-hmm. about stopping in the middle of a sentence. Uh-huh. Right? So the smoking diaries is just him writing while he smokes 60 cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> and then stopping writing. Uh-huh. And so, and it's about his life. Or stuff that means something to him. Uh, yeah. Does he write a chapter on each English on each playwright and memorist who also had a career as a university lecturer in English literature. Uh, and he began writing career in 1963. Next 45 years, in addition to five published novels, wrote 40 original stage plays, screen plays, screen adaptations of his own and others' work for stage, film, and television. Became well-known for his self-depreciating wit. Deprecating. Pretty sure it's deprecating. I think Red yeah. is right. <laughs> what did I say? Depreciating. <laughs> uh, depreciating, yeah. <laughs> you guys are wrong. It's depreciating. His wit went down. <laughs> Time went on. And so I just, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I like that kind of stuff. And so some chapters will just stop mid-sentence oh, I mean, or sections. I don't need they, they have chapter what, heads. What I understand is each chapter is a cigarette, each chapter is 60 cigarettes. Well, he says he smokes 60 cigarettes a day, and it's called The Smoking Diaries. It's unclear whether he smokes 60 cigarettes while he writes. Right. Uh, but he smokes 60 cigarettes in a day, he says. That was his habit. That's three packs. That's three packs. Just in case you don't. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a lot of cigarettes, I think. His photo on Wikipedia, he's holding a cigarette. So <laughs> <laughs> this is not a secret thing for him. No, no, no. Uh, it's called The Smoking Diaries. And so he... <laughs> Uh, That's like admitting you smoke. I believe it is. Jesus. Or that this diary is so fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> right. I believe there's a magic trick called the smoking diaries. <laughs> and uh, and it's just, it, it it's, I thought it would be more of a laugh riot than it would be, you know, a, an English wit, like he says. Mostly coughing. No, uh, but it's, no, it's, it's really touching. Uh, and... I just really, I thought it was delightful, and then as I was reading it, I thought you might enjoy it. Oh, well, I'll have to, I'll have to check That's that all. out. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. I just fi- finished uh, what Richard Yates' uh, Revolutionary Road, which is- uh, I don't which, know that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's one of those, uh, I don't know how like Updike and those guys stole everything from Richard Yates, but I don't mean stole, <laughs> I, I mean got all the glory, whereas he is also a, a great writer. It's just- uh, 
50s suburban America story. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things, you know, where... Angst and sex. Angst and sex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys read different books than me. <laughs> and it's just, um, it's just literature, you know? It's like the way um, uh, Elizabeth McCracken, you've read Elizabeth McCracken's stuff. The, do you read The Giant's House? Nope, but I, I, I heard it's great. I should read that. <laughs> yeah. It's just when, you know, uh, Nicholson Baker, and I won't get the quotation right, which is terrible because when Nicholson Baker, every word matters. But um, Nicholson Baker says every argument, every novel is an argument to not kill yourself. That's all oh. it is. That's what every novel is. If you could find that quote from Nicholson Baker, good no, that would be great about what a novel is, Nicholson Baker. But um, there are stories which I realize I care about somewhat, but what I really need is a granular level of writing. You know, I really need to read this paragraph and not worry about does it move the story forward. But because that paragraph was fucking moving yeah that yeah, paragraph yeah, yeah. tells me something i i recognize something it's it's something very real and, yeah, and not necessarily about the story but the guy yeah, who wrote the story yeah. okay. you know i always feel you know there's there's certain things in art that make my skin crawl works is one of them this works this works oh. and on point <laughs> and all that stuff because i really How about out of the box <laughs> well, that's the other way around yeah. <laughs> But I want to, um, I want to pretend, I want to pretend that there isn't a nuts and bolts start. When I read stuff about how novels are structured, I even bristle when people talk about the first act, the second act, and the third act of a movie, because I want to just feel like this is not a formula this is a piece of art. And I know it has to follow a formula. And I know that the formulas don't dictate the art, but the art dictates the formula. We learn from reading Shakespeare how Shakespeare is put together. I know it's not the other way around, but it still bothers me a little bit. And when I find myself in a book and I'm reading something that I don't know is moving the story ahead or the character ahead, but it's just something beautiful, that's where it really lives for me. You know, that's where it really lives. So that's why you really like Nicholson Baker. Yes. <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. I don't, that's, I, that's probably not moving the story forward in any way. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, but, but, uh, but uh, Elizabeth McCracken, read The Giant's House. Okay. And it's great because on the cover, it says something that'll scare you to death. It says a romance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great. All right. Good. And you go. Oh boy, I shouldn't be shouldn't be reading this. But I'll read the smoking diaries. And, yeah, the smoking diaries. Uh, I'm yeah. now reading a uh, a thousand brains. It's the guy who invented <laughs> Palm Pilots, who's actually a neuro uh, neuroscientist. Really. Uh, and he's got some uh, some wonderful stuff about about the brain. Tim Jennison. Tim Jennison should never have to tell you to read a book twice. He should never have to tell you. Twice. <laughs> if Tim Jennison says to you, "Here's a sure. book you should read," you just read it. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But he he told me twice on this one. But you've never said that about me. <laughs> 
<laughs> Max had to read it. Well, I gave you a book that I love tremendously. You you couldn't get through it, right? You didn't. Like- I, I I think I've now read every word of it. But, uh, <laughs> Just not in a row. <laughs> this a joke. I knew all the words in it, so I didn't feel like I needed to have them in that order. Well, that's interesting that you say that. <laughs> You're talking about you know yeah. 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 Yes. I have you know you know yeah. <laughs> you didn't read you know either. I have read three pages of it. Uh, I see. I, I've read it multiple times. I'm going to read it again then. Uh, have you read? Did you read it aloud? No, I'll do that. Read it out did loud. Did you tell me that before? I don't remember that. And there's also if you listen to the audio book where the author reads it, the because. <laughs> You can't read it out loud. It's really hard to read it out loud. Uh, just to recap, this is a, each chapter is only written with one vowel. So it's A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. But um, it also follows many, many constrained things, which I absolutely, absolutely love. But, you know, I, I will be listening to music in my office, and my wife comes in and says, what's that awful noise coming from in here? She doesn't even recognize it as music. Ah. So I realize that I go off the rails. Well, yeah, but isn't that good? Yeah, I think so. I like it. I like it. My dad sent me. uh, Everybody's got their something. Yeah. Yeah. My dad sent me one, uh, The Overstory, Richard Powers, which is uh, a a novel, but it's based around uh, factual information about trees. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's How? just different people's lives uh, around these trees, and, the, and then about, about them coming together to try to help save trees. I think somebody recently mentioned that in that by the book. Yes, they column. did. They I did. think so. It's pretty great. I'm only halfway through, but uh, now, do you read a lot of novels? Chris? I do not read a lot of novels. I read a lot of technical stuff. I read diesel mechanic stuff or <laughs> or, or uh, bugs, you know. Uh, Life of bugs, yeah. things like that. I'm, I'm now. Let's. I find that to be factual, but also that's how I watch TV. I don't. I, I won't sit and watch a a, a, a movie. Generally, I'll watch a, a nature show or something like that. I don't do much of the ghost stuff. I was really bummed. I used to watch uh, nature shows with Mox. Mox and mm-hmm. I would watch nature shows, and we would those uh, Attenborough shows were. I know, I know. We love those. Unbelievable. But some of them, we watched one that was so fakey. Was some of them are fakey. Some of them story. Are. Oh, yeah. And then the little the little otter wanted to go get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I, boy, I, I that hated that. That is not that. what I watch. I hated that. <laughs> but boy, that. the one that Stephen Fry narrates about mating dances of birds. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Beautiful, Fabulous. beautiful, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Also, this, I mean, you know, people watch uh, horror no movies. No doubt about it. If we were all birds, Matt King would get laid. <laughs> <laughs> You'd do those people, dances fine, wouldn't you? <laughs> people watch horror movies to be scared. But the scariest thing I have ever seen was on a nature documentary where a sea lion was sitting on a beach and an orca swam up out of the ocean and grabbed it on the beach and then bounced back into the ocean with it in its mouth. Is there anything more terrifying? <laughs> yes. What? What's more terrifying? The show we almost talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I read, you know, I read, I, I get into my bathtub at about uh, 1 a.m., 1230 or 1. I set the timer on my watch. 
and I read 15 minutes of Spanish, mm-hmm. and then I read uh, a poem, and then I read a, uh, a work of usually nonfiction, and then I read a work of fiction. Uh, so I'm reading four books every night, and I go through in that order. And um, I'm reading Wilbur, is the, Richard Wilbur, I think, is the poet I'm reading. Oh. <laughs> uh, I thought it was that pig. <laughs> and then I, um, I'm reading this book, uh, this book that, once again, Tim Jennison told me to read, um, Daily Rituals. Have you read this book? Oh, it is the greatest book. Oh, man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's also, rituals. it's really short. Like you want to read it like a minute at a time, two minutes at a time. It is everybody. I mean, everybody. Mahler, Picasso, Nicholson Baker, Truman Capote, uh, Francis Bacon, Shakespeare. What their days were like. What they did to get their work done. So this is a general generalization, or each of those thing, each of those people, each, and a little bit of about them. Chapter about each one of them. Oh wow! It's just like uh, um, Strauss got up at six a.m. He had three <laughs> eggs. He had black coffee. Then he worked from six thirty to ten. Then he walked. For two hours, then he had lunch, then he read for two hours, then he wrote music for three hours more, then he went to choir rehearsal. So, and it seems like, I mean, you live your life in that way. Oh, do I? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I'm reading this going, okay, I could do that. I I could do, I need a walk. So during a walk, you can also do this. You know, it says that uh, Mahler would take a walk with his wife. They'd be walking and talking. Then he would just sit down wherever he was for like 45 minutes and start Where writing. Where they walk to? Yeah. yeah okay. No, no, just while walking. Oh, I see. He would just sit down on the side of the road and start composing, and she'd have to stand there. Because <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't talk to him or look at him. She'd just stand there while he just did this stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, it's like Simone de Beauvoir, how she would meet Sartre. And they would talk, and then she'd go out, have sex with someone else, then come back and tell Sard about it, and then have two hours of writing, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then this one guy who loved to write, hungover. No, loved to paint, hungover. He liked to have a pounding headache while he painted. <laughs> so he would drink all night. And it has like, you know. Charles Bukowski. Yeah, what their, <laughs> what their, um, what their schedules are like, what they do to get stuff done. It's it's all I ever want to hear about from people, you know. I love how people get stuff done. Wow. And then the people who What was the title of that? Uh, I think it, Daily Rituals. Daily Rituals. Okay. Daily Rituals. And uh it's really great cuz some of it, you know, I just read um, you know, Ben Franklin and they have, you know, how they how they how they go through their days, what they do. What I realize is I need to walk more. These really right. creative people always have an hour walk in their day. Remember we were doing uh, Sin City, we were talking about having a writer's room that was all treadmills in a circle. Yeah. So everybody would be walking and typing and talking about the bits because <laughs> we would go on walks. During but the- now, I can't, now I can't walk because uh, I can't be outside because the allergies are so bad right. this year. Have they been hitting you, Goodell? Uh, not as bad, no. Yeah, they're really bad for I'm me. So many meds. <laughs> I, had to get a, I had to get a shot. To get, well, we got uh, the Kenalog shot. Nice. Not the Kenalog shot. Everybody says the Kenalog shot, but it's not the Kenalog shot. 
It's the prednisone. Um, no, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> B twelve. No, <laughs> It's an intermuscular shot of dextromethasone. Dextromethasone. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, who wrote? Who wrote daily uh, rituals? I don't know, but it's only one guy. Okay, well, there's only about 40 books called Daily Rituals. <laughs> Mason Curry, Only Rituals, What Artists Do. Okay. If you love drinking coffee every morning, and who doesn't, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it effortless to brew a better coffee at home. We empower coffee lovers to discover better coffee delivered fresh to their Door. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple to discover new coffee and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you the best quality coffee you can get, all hand-picked by their coffee experts. Now, I used to think I didn't care much about coffee. Then I get a Trade Coffee subscription, and I get this neat stuff sent to me, and I make it in my little uh, French press, and it's uh, they send different from different you know, individual brewers, and it's it's always a slightly different kind of coffee, and always, always great. So you're always discovering new coffees. You can learn about them and then buy them direct from the roaster. It's really, really good. I've had some wonderful coffees with great names. You feel like you know the people are doing it. So upgrade your morning routine with better coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our viewers a free bag of coffee with any subscription to drink trade.com slash pen drinktrade.com slash pen for a free bag of coffee with any subscription purchase drinktrade.com slash pen i gotta tell you you're gonna really really like it check it out join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So I know when you were uh, were working on Random, mm -hmm. you were reading a bunch of uh, detective fiction, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had talked about that. Yeah. Uh, you suggested a couple. I read them both. Uh, so little Travis McGee. Travis McGee. <laughs> I love Travis. Uh, and Rex Stout. Those are the ones. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah. Nero Wolf. But uh, so I was looking the other night. I was like, I want to read some, some detective thing I never read. And so I'm just looking at lists of. 
you know, 100 greatest detective novels of all time. <laughs> and at the top of two of those lists, I don't remember who the lists were from, but there was Josephine Tay is the author. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I've heard that name, but I never, and at the top of these, you know, ahead of Maltese Falcon and ahead of, you know, Raymond Chandler and whatever. And I'm like, all right. So I, I started this couple nights ago and it's really great. She's the, it, it's about this English constable in bed in a hospital. Cause this was, this novel was at the top of the list on two lists. And he is going to solve an ancient, not ancient, but a old crime in London where King Richard the third had his two nephews murdered so that they couldn't take the throne from him. Mm -hmm. And so he somehow reading all these old books, <laughs> figures and out. And it's great. So far it's great. <laughs> uh, so I would, I would actually recommend that. And then he turned the page <laughs> and there it was. Another yeah, the right, the writing is really great. Uh, I mean, it's just really nuanced and it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's not, it's not plot driven necessarily. I, I tell you, I, I, I just sit in my too hot bathtub. The bathtub is dangerously hot that I read, but I, you know, I'm reading this. But you rich don't need to have any more children. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of children. I have plenty. I read in my really hot bathtub with my lava lamps around me and my fake candles. And I sit there with my Kindle. So, uh, so you're rich. <laughs> um, do you put your Kindle in a baggie or anything? Mm. My, uh, boy, I, he's no longer my, uh, my customer service person. My customer service person was Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but now he's not my customer service. But I used to be, when I bought my Kindle, I'd write to Jeff Bezos and say, I dropped my, um, I dropped my Kindle in the, the bathtub. Yeah. Send me another one. And he'd send me another one. And then I, after I did this three times, uh, Bezos uh, wrote back to me and said, you know, you could put them in a baggie, in a Ziploc, yeah. and you don't have to write to me to get a new one all the time. And I wrote <laughs> back to him and said, listen, if we have to wear condoms to fuck, we have to wear condoms to read. I will read like 70s gay porn. <laughs> but then they, the new Kindle is waterproof. Oh, it is? Yeah, so it's not oh, been I, Yeah, I don't have a Kindle. I just read on my iPad. But. You know, see, that's much worse, much worse. You, you want to have a Kindle to read on because- um, the eye strain is very, very different. Oh, the yeah. focus is very different. You don't want it refreshing 60 times a second. Ah. It's flashing. Also, you don't want that much blue light emanating. Get a Kindle. You can afford it. You don't need to be rich. <laughs> All right. Get yourself if a it's Kindle. waterproof, yeah, then I mean, because I mean, I just don't want it. You can also, I, I like reading in the tub, too. You, you, hold but, it, you hold it in one hand. It's. I have actually, Teller built me a rack. Uh, that's a wooden rack that goes over my tub and it holds my Kindle and a washcloth on either side so I can mop my forehead because I'm sweating so profusely in the tub and I can just sit and the Kindle just sits there. I keep my hands right there on my chest and I just, well, sometimes they drift down and then I just, um, <laughs> right. I Depending just, on what you're reading. <laughs> sure. And I just turn the page. You read the Fermata again. <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
I just I just shift the pages and just read. And people, I, I'm always when I read that by the book in the New York Times, I'm always disgusted by people who want to read paper. Paper, because I go, I know what you're doing. Because when I used to read, um, you know, I'm uneducated, as you know. And when I used to read, I'd have a dictionary beside me. There'd be some words I wouldn't look up. I'd just go, I have a pretty good idea what this is. It's fantastic, right? To be able to touch just that touch word it. and go, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. And people tell me, well, you get it from context. And I go, well, no, they chose that word. They didn't just put in there. <laughs> they chose a word. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, that happens, I know. look up words that I, I really know. Pretty well, but not right. perfectly. Yeah. And I'll look them up over and over. You know, I want to, because there's some words like, um, what's the word I'm always, dismay. Dismay is a word, I don't really have the exact pocket on the word dismay, you know. And it also, uh, so there's words like that that I just kind of go, hmm, I, I know what it means, but I want to know the exact nuance here. So I'm still learning words and stuff. And then, of course, when I'm reading my Spanish, yeah. I need a lot. a lot. I need a lot. You got to touch that word. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. And I read those. I read those um, every night. That's the order. Spanish, poetry, nonfiction, fiction. And uh, work through it. Although now it's kind of, I've got two nonfictions going. I would rather read, I would rather read um, a science stuff, factual stuff. And I force myself to read fiction because I believe it makes me a better person. I believe there's a depth of understanding of life. Yeah. That you need, you need fiction for. All right. Yeah, I know. Just read diesel <laughs> I'm mechanics. The over story. <laughs> what? Just read diesel mechanics. Okay. Yeah. Hey, wait, no. Could you? I mean, this. I guess this isn't fiction. Uh, the book you got me for my birthday when Penn got me. Yeah. The, Harari. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Homo sapiens. Was that it? That it. That's you got me too. Then. Yeah. You got me the embarrassment of mangoes, right? Yes. What's the embarrassment of mangoes? <laughs> <laughs> Some folks who go sailing. <laughs> I don't know how to. It's a story about two people who buy a boat and, and go sailing. His it's it's his dream life. <laughs> yeah, just go down and, they sail and eat fruit. I don't know. It's, it's you know it's a factual accounting of their time fixing the boat. Yeah. So it's not in, it's not it's not fiction. It's not fiction, but it's them sailing around. It's an adventure in the story. Caribbean. And trying to find a place that they want to settle down and live, and and what they have to do to keep their boat going, and how they eat, and yeah, it's, it's great though, isn't it? Did you yeah. love it? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's delightful. <laughs> An embarrassment of mangoes is very good. Not, not, not by pop. It's a good title too. Come yeah, on, it is a great title. <laughs> great title. But also, you and you read the Harari stuff. I don't know what you're I talking about. I gave him about. both of those. Yeah, that's what you're just talking about. Harari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sapiens, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the Harari stuff is fabulous. Yeah. And Harari did a... Did I thought you were talking about Francis. <laughs> <laughs> did a, or what's uh, his name? Franz. 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 <laughs> Harari did Francis. a... Uh, did oh, he's going to be mad. Francis long, is mad. Did an hour-long um, interview about Ukraine. And I started watching it, and I realized that everything he was saying was true, and that I wouldn't be able to take it. Oh. So, um, yeah, because uh, he's, he's, he's a, you know, he, Harari did what I thought you know, it was, it's, it's Noah, isn't it? Noah, yeah. no, Noah Harari, 
No, in, in one of the books, I, I don't know which it is, um, Sapiens maybe, he, he does a defense of Nazism that I think could only be done if you're a professor at an Israeli university. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, he's just such a wonderful writer and this stuff is so, you know, the other person you should always look is you should always look at Obama's reading list. Oh. Because Obama's reading list is always. Does he post right. that? I, it, you know, he, he, he posts his Spotify. What oh, he's really? listening to, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and, you know, with with his buddy Bruce, and um, I get a feeling he pushes his buddy Bruce a little more towards rap than Bruce naturally goes. <laughs> and uh, he also does his reading list. But, you know, uh, Harari, the, 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 the Sapiens book, was on Bill Gates' reading list and Obama's. The top of both of them. It's 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 a it's a pretty it's a pretty great book. It's got a lot of astonishing, wonderful stuff in it. Really, yeah, really, really, really wonderful. He's a really good writer. I'm obsessed with the uh, the uh, slaves to wheat stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, the the fact that that wheat domesticated us. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Completely believable. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that, yeah. Both of those things are true. As what we often mean when we say unbelievable is we mean believable. <laughs> totally believable. Yeah. Yeah. He's an unbelievable actor. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Some, someone in that role, good, would have been great. But he's not believable at all, huh? No. Unfucking believable. <laughs> so um, I found this uh, TV show that I like. Uh -oh. I was watching a show called No Offense. Oh, I don't know that. It's on uh, old, old Dead People TV. Uh, Acorn. You know, the British uh -oh. murder shows. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's a show called No Offense, which is, which is really funny and uh, and uh, good. Uh, go, go tops all over the place. You know that's the thing about shows. You know, we just that we've gotten in the past in this century. I think maybe the end, a little bit of the end of the last century, is we have shows that have no idea whether they're absurd, realistic, comedy, or drama. Yeah, just no one cares. And Breaking Bad, you know. Breaking Bad and those shows. You just have no idea. There's no sort of label on them. They just become a new thing. You know, Better Call Saul, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, no offense? Yeah, no offense. Because yeah, I thought, you know, I thought you were saying in the name, no offense, which is clearly the best comic name ever. Yeah. And I'm changing my name today. Please call me Noah from now on. <laughs> that yes, is Mr. a good offense. name, isn't it? No, no offense. <laughs> yeah. I think I talked a little bit about this uh, show called The Tourist. Uh -huh. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, the tourists is are, is is really really good. Uh, it's another one of these crazy shows. These like Patriot, you know. Yeah. All these shows that pop up that are just nutty. They're just a uh, Breaking Bad kind of created. Yeah. It, this it, whole it genre. broke TV, didn't it? It sure did. But Patriot. I mean, I've talked to I've you know you recommend all sorts of stuff to your friends, and I've never recommended Patriot to anybody who didn't. No matter what. You know, right. You go, People go, oh, he's probably not going to like it. Yeah. And everybody goes, well, that's the weirdest thing I ever saw. And I just fucking loved it. And then, then you put them on to Perpetual Grace Limited. Yeah. And then they go, that one didn't do it for me. Is that really true? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did for me. Yeah. I loved it. But I mean, I, but I, but I, that one, I don't, I, I've learned not to recommend that oh. as much because it doesn't resonate as much. But Patriot is just, oh my God. Patriot is unbelievable. Yeah. By that you mean believable. Yeah, completely. No, believable. I mean maybe unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It is both. Again. Boy, the end of that second season 
I wish they'd done a third season. <laughs> well, I wish they'd been doing it forever. Yeah, it's, oh, it's really, really, man, it's really great. But your buddies, I, I, right? So yeah. I don't mean. Uh, so you could say, what were we gonna do third season? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Steve uh, Conrad. Yeah, Steve Conrad. Conrad. So is there something else? Because I mean, he's just did this animated thing. He wrote some animated thing that I haven't watched yet. That's supposed to be great, but I'm, I kind of get pushed away from animated stuff. But he's doing uh, doing something there. But yeah, he's uh, he's really he's really really wonderful. There's just people doing great stuff. It's just you can actually watch TV now. I mean, you really couldn't. I mean, really, thirty years ago you couldn't watch TV, you know, and now you really can. Past ten years you can watch TV. I don't know. You were talking about you. How much? How much Perry Mason have you watched? <laughs> no, I defy you. That's forty years ago, okay, buddy. No, that's sixty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Perry Mason. Let's talk Perry Mason. Okay. Have you ever understood one episode of Perry Mason? Oh, you mean like did it hold together as a no, through line? Just knew what happened. Understood the basic bare bowl bones of what happened. Like, could you tell me the story of any of the Perry Masons? Oh. <laughs> I contend that I've watched them, but don't understand any of them. Ah. I don't understand who did it, why, how they caught them. <laughs> I think they may be the most surreal things ever done on TV. Ah. I just challenge you. Pick All right. A, uh, a, I mean, I can't think of any right now. So no, no, I don't but I mean, yeah. pick a Perry Mason at random. Yeah, I'm going to go watch one tonight and just go, <laughs> nope, you're right. Minus I don't have any idea what, it was, I was enthralled the entire way and yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it must be. I just don't know how. Now, uh, Teller's father, Joe Teller, I'm uh, said that all you had to know on Perry Mason was the third person who spoke did it. That's the, that's the, uh, yeah. I mean, other people have said that. Oh, really? About I Perry? Think, yeah, I think that's like a trope <laughs> or something. I don't know. But, uh. Perhaps started by Teller's father. Oh, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Teller's father, who doesn't like me, didn't like music. One of the only people I know that did not like music. Of any sort. Of any sort. Why they got that going. <laughs> didn't like any music ever yeah. as a kid yeah i didn't yeah no music <laughs> just when, when he was what, a kid what would have yeah when he was Mulberry 20 bush when he was it's <laughs> <laughs> on the top of the charts today uh no, when around he was, the mulberry <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a really so, good one. so when yeah what decade would he have been a teenager no, I don't know. He would have been. He would have been born probably eighteen ninety five. No, he'd be, no. He, no, he would have been born nineteen fifteen. He would have been a teenager in fifteen. Uh, thirty five. Yeah, you'd have been between ragtime and big band. Yeah. Well, I don't think it mattered what the music was. Right. It was just any. No, but sound. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I could. It feels like I can think of. People who are fifty who are like I don't want to listen to any fucking music, but I can't. Th but I can't think of anybody who was eighteen and didn't want to listen to any music. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe he did develop into that. Yeah. <laughs> but when I grew up in Louisiana, we cooked vegetables until they were goo, and when we finally moved to Cal, this is gonna make sense in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we finally moved to California. I had fresh vegetables, and that changed everything. You know, when I was and a maybe, kid, we, it snowed twice a year. Yeah. 
<laughs> maybe where I was. Maybe where he grew up, there were mushy, mushy songs. <laughs> we only had asparagus in cans. <laughs> and when I moved to California, I got fresh asparagus. And maybe that's what happened to to Mr. Dell. No, you never. His this family gave follow. him mushy. This doesn't follow any of the rules of conversation. No, the story you're telling, the story you're telling is not the. Listen, it's shut. No, you. No, it's not. No, it's not because there's no change in the teller story. Okay, let's try this again. Back up again. So you know the weird thing is, Mac, Mac, pull it together. Listen, Mac. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about thing anyone's ever said. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Teller's father. Okay, okay. he never liked music ever. Yeah. His whole life. Yeah, hated music. Got it. And then, um, then somebody made him gave him some fresh asparagus. No, shut up. <laughs> he never. He never liked music. And then we got to, I guess it was probably 1985 or so. I said to, I said to him, I said, you know, uh, Mr. Teller, let me let me play you something. He said, I don't really like music. And the weird thing was, I put on some Mahler. You know, he'd never heard Mahler, and he went, wait a minute, that's what music should be. Go ahead, Godot. <laughs> that's like my story when I was a kid in vegetables. No, go into it right. So you can follow see what it would feel like if the conversation was called for. You're making shit up. Let's, try to- let's do this again, okay? You're going to come in with the exact line you came in with, okay? I remember what it was. It's too long. Okay, okay. When I was growing up in Louisiana, we cooked vegetables until they were goo. Okay. Then I went to San Francisco and had fresh vegetables. That's what you're going to do, okay? okay. Well, so, uh, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm trying to remember it. I'm not saying it yet. Okay. When I grew up in Louisiana. So you always hated music. What's that sound? That's really terrible. That's really awful. That's that's terrible. And then I don't know what it was, but some whim, I just said to him, I said, you know, uh, have you ever heard uh, Concentus Musicus? And he said, what? And I said, they play Bach on the original instruments. And he said, no, I've, I've never heard that. I said, let me put that on. And he sat there and went, oh, is this what music is? And I said, Mr. Teller, it's what music could be. It's what music is. This is what Bach wrote. And this is the instrument he wrote it for. And it really did change everything for him. That's like when I grew up in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. We had mushy vegetables until I moved to California, and then we had fresh ones. We, you cooked them until they were mush. Yeah, we cooked them until they were mush. And then you went to San Francisco and had real right. vegetables. And we had real we had vegetables. In California, it's like a whole different thing. A whole different thing. So, uh, so although you were saying you didn't like vegetables, funny at all. I didn't like no, any vegetables. No, not funny at all. <laughs> it's not funny at all because what you heard before was a man who was not listening at all to the conversation and just it came in with perfectly. his vegetables. It did not he flow never, perfectly. There I'm no saying change. that Mr. Teller never got, he right. never got but the story you told list. was not the story of someone who never got that. It was a story of a change that was not in the original. I was story. saying how it happened to me. It didn't, it didn't happen, happen to, to you. It didn't happen to him. He didn't. He and never got. Way, he never moved to California. As far that's as, his problem. As far as far as your story <laughs> about vegetables is concerned, your taste in music is absolute shit. Well, I didn't move to California in time to give the music. <laughs> the music in California was still mushy, but the asparagus were great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, see, I, I, and all the leaves were brown. <laughs> Sky was gray. Awful. <laughs>
My mother. We need to walk more. My mother overcooked. My mother overcooked uh, vegetables by Everybody's today's standards. Everybody's mother stand- did in by today's standards. And here's the Sorry. thing. And then I had fresh vegetables, and they were all good, and it was yeah. all exciting. Change your life. But then every once in a while, you think I kind of like those mushy vegetables again. Yeah. 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 Do you know how to cook them? I no, I don't. You. You just cook them a long time? No, you put them with uh, uh, (laughs) margarine and a tablespoon of flour. Flour? Yeah. Yeah. Makes a sauce. Makes kind of a... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But well, that's not what that's not what his mother did. No, no, she just no, did. she just cooked the shit out of it. <laughs> Probably with some bacon. Yeah, yeah. And the squash was really uh, yeah. yeah. The squash. squash was just yeah. a good yeah. squash yeah. was a yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the summer squash and all that stuff would be yeah. just like yellow. Yeah, yellow. my mom would. We had my mom would put mustard in that. Mm. That was pretty good actually. Mustard. You squash. know, I've been eating lately is mustard on matzah. Oh, because you know I like the pretzels, but who wants to bother with the pretzel? So I just take some matzo because now that my why son, would matzo be easier than pretzels? How do you get a pretzel? You buy them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I believe you can buy them. You're not <laughs> making matzos. I don't know what you're talking about. I believe you can buy. Them well, I think when I th- store, you have to follow the lines when you put mustard on a pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just splat, and it's fine on the matzo. But on the matzo, you can do it by feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. But uh, I was thinking of the uh, New York soft pretzels. Yeah, those are impossible to get. Okay. It's, I mean, in New York, they're easy. <laughs> <laughs> In the airport, you can get them in the airport. Yeah, you can. Although they're they're not the same. I don't know. You don't like Auntie Anne? I've never <laughs> never had one of those in the yeah. airport. Yeah, but the uh, the the nice big you know that street pretzel in New York, that's a with a lot of mustard on it. Ah, oh, I love that. Well, I like mustard. Yeah, <laughs> I did. That's what that's what I have in between shows is mustard. A a vegetable sandwich with a lot of mustard. And what do vegetables you put on it? Uh, whatever's in the EDR, lettuce, tomato, c- cucumbers. What's EDR? Employee dining. Employee room. dining. Uh, <laughs> I guess I should know that. You are, I just, you that, are so somebody brings. Rich. I know. You're so well, rich. I mean, somebody <laughs> brings you a platter, and somebody brings me a mustard and vegetable sandwich. <laughs> but they make it. They go to the EDR and make it and bring it to me. Oh, you, really? Yeah. Did you go down with them and teach them? <laughs> I, the first time, yeah. I said, I just, you know, whatever that, vegetables yeah. there are, you know, Thanks. fresh vegetables and none of that. Plenty of mustard. And even if there maybe, you know, as a treat sometimes, you could put some vinegar on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, uh, that's, that's really good. If you go really crazy, put a little olive oil on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. You have a grinder. Get close to a grinder. You ever have a grinder? Yeah. Yeah, you've been to New England. And, yeah, and I've been I've been around. Mm-hmm. At one point, I took my magic show on the road. Yeah, you did <laughs> for long points. Or yeah, long <laughs> yeah. Points, yeah. So I sent. Um, I was talking in Spanish with Hondro about maple syrup. That's and, not how you say it. Come on, say it in Spanish. No, no, say it in New England. Maple syrup, syrup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Syropa and. And so I was t- have you ever fed that to a monkey? Maple syrup? Yeah. No, have you? No, I don't. I was just thinking about siropa. <laughs> sounds like it could be something that you accidentally feed to, to a, a monkey. monkey. <laughs> so my friend Elliot has a maple farm. And uh, I was telling, uh, in Spanish, I was telling Hondro all about it. So I called Elliot and said, my friend Hondro in Spain is very interested in uh, maple syrup. Because I was telling him about that. And Hondro says that... There's no good food outside of Spain. 
Uh, he thinks that olives and paella and everything, oranges, everything are the best in Spain. America has no food to offer. But he was willing to say maple syrup they don't have in Spain might be that. So I said to Elliot, would you send Andro some maple syrup, please? Grade B. Well, grade B is really good. He's got a, kind of a dark between an A and a B. Yeah. They don't grade him anymore like that. Oh, they the don't? No, oh. But he's got a nice dark, <laughs> flavorful syrup. Just pass syrup. or fail now. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, sure, I'll send, I'll send him a bottle. And I, I give him my FedEx number because it's not cheap to send over there. Sure. So Hondro has the FedEx guy come to his door. And the FedEx guy says, uh, I have a package for uh, Andro uh, Lopez Garcia. He says, that's me. Give it to me. And the guy said, well, you gotta, you got to pay. And he goes, why do I have to pay? He goes, because um, there's uh, tax duties on it. And he goes, how much are the taxes? And they go, well, the, the, the item in here is worth $20, and it's $36 in t- taxes on it. And Andre says, well, it's more in taxes than it's that? And he goes, okay, we'll pay that. And they go, and then it's another, it's another $50 because it's food. And it's food from another country that has to be inspected. And he goes, okay, so it's. It's now. I'm sorry. I'm saying. I'm saying dollars. I mean euros. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's so it's now 86 euros to to get this. And he says, and you have to hire a um, import inspector to facilitate this going through. So Hondro's now at 110 euros and has not gotten the maple syrup yet. For a pint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we found out why he hasn't had any foods other than Spanish food. He said, he said you know how much easier it is to get cocaine here than it is to get this goddamn maple syrup? But Yeah, it's not as good. <laughs> but he will have proper maple syrup. At some point. <laughs> he didn't have it when he was here? No, I didn't think of it. Yeah. Um, but he'll get it. So that that's good. I said, uh, are you going to share with your family? He said, I don't have to. I had to sell one of my children to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> pancakes. Mm. Well, what, you got an April Fool's joke? It's not really a joke. Yeah, it's, it's not a joke. Just the guy who works for me. I, I'm such an idiot. Did you get fooled by... Do you look... I don't know that you even looked at this. I got completely fooled by Erica Larson on April 1st that she had gotten bit by a raccoon. <laughs> Did you see this? Did you see this? She posted no. a picture of her hand all scratched up and bitten and a raccoon on her front porch. And I was like, and Jen was like, I mean, I don't look at Facebook at all, but Jen's like, oh, look what happened to Erica Larson. And I was like, holy shit. And it, I completely bought it. Uh, because Erica Larson's the kind of person who would try to fucking pet a raccoon on her front porch, right? Uh, that, that was fuck and pet, <laughs> right. not and fucking pet. pet. Right? She would try to fuck and, and pet a raccoon, a raccoon on, her front, on her front porch. Sure. Yes. So and so, I completely bought that. So I mean, everybody knows that if you want to fuck a raccoon, you should pet <laughs> and fuck, not, not fuck like, and pet. Right? Yeah, she's an what, idiot for trying to fuck warm it first. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you got to get them moist. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have salivary glands. <laughs> See that reading paid off. It did, <laughs> and that was an appropriate comment. Thank you. <laughs> so I knew it was April. I mean, I don't do any April Fool's jokes anymore. I do the same one every year yeah i do the same one my mother used to do to me which is which is my mother would wake me up 
at like 6 a.m. Fire! And say, <laughs> so funny. Bet there's a rhinoceros in the backyard. And I go, oh, I mean, I, 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 all the time. Every every year there's a rhinoceros. <laughs> so I just, my whole family, I just did a group text. Hey, everybody, I was just looking at the camera that's over on my birds because I was in LA. I have a camera out there in the backyard camera. There's a rhinoceros. Go look. Uh, <laughs> rhinoceros in the backyard. So I knew it was April 1st mm -hmm. when I went to work. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that happened was I opened up the tent in the show, unzip it, and there's a little mound of Fig Newtons <laughs> where there's never been a little mound of Fig Newtons. <laughs> oh, no, not the first thing. The first thing that happened was I come out and I go, howdy, I'm Matt King. And... A cricket sound effect that I use <laughs> later in the show plays. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, he hit the wrong button. Wrong cue. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's weird, but it made, you know, it kind of made, I'm like, I didn't even acknowledge it. Just in my head, I go, that was weird. He hit the wrong thing. I wonder how he got to that. Because I'm sure he has hit some in order, right? Yeah. Uh, so then there was a mound of Fig Newtons. And then I go to the woman on stage. I say, uh, did you bring any Twistum's handy home and garden ties up here with you? Mm -hmm. And she goes, um, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and so people say that, uh, as a joke every now and again. And I always say the same thing. Uh, I can't tell you how much it's going to freak me out if you pull out Twistum's handy home and garden ties. <laughs> and then she takes out of her pocket, her back pocket, two Twistum's <laughs> handy home and garden ties. <laughs> and I'm like, are those plastic or paper covered wires? And she goes, uh, I think these are paper. And I'm like, they're exactly the same as what I have. And I pull out mine. And I'm like, and she says, well, I carry these all the time. <laughs> and what had happened was Luke, the guy who works for me, had gone out and to the first four rows, which is where I usually pull a woman out for that trick, and given every woman <laughs> two Twistum's handy home and garden ties and said, it may not happen, but if Mac asks you during the show, if you have any Twistum's handy home and garden ties, you can say yes and show him these. <laughs> It was unbelievable. I mean, it, and I didn't even notice. I mean, it didn't even occur to me that it was April Fool's I, <laughs> until after the show. And he goes, did you figure it out yet? And I'm going, what are you talking about? He says, I gave every, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. I didn't even, I just thought that woman for some reason had exactly the right. So you I, didn't, you didn't mention it in the show. You didn't go, wow, this never happens. Or No, I said, I, no, I said, that's unbelievable. I did say that's unbelievable. How? <laughs> I said, how did you happen to have those? She's like, just carry them all the time. You never know. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she was perfect, but then, you know, and so, and like, even in the meet and greet, no one came up and said, uh, Hey, you want these back or anything? <laughs> so it was later that Luke said, you didn't get that no i mean but it was that was fantastic yeah you should you should actually uh play practical jokes on people that have a chance of understanding them <laughs> well i mean it made me laugh i mean it was great uh well 
for your family, you should buy a little plastic rhino and put it in front of that camera so that you can oh, send them giant, a screenshot little. so it looks like it's giant in your yard. A little forced perspective rhino. Or, <laughs> or one year, yeah. rent a real rhino <laughs> for a few hours. I bet in Vegas you can do that. Yeah. Can I? <laughs> Uh, you could change it up. Say, you know, every year you should start doing a different animal <laughs> until, until, you, until get you get one. until you get one that you can actually <laughs> has a rabbit in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that was Pet Sunday School. That was Pet Sunday School. Cha cha cha. I had really delicious cornmeal pancakes the other day. Did you? Johnny cakes. You know, when I was going to Louisiana, we <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, you got the old guy thing down. You know, we love you. Hey, Matt, you want me to thank? It's time to thank the people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. Thank you so much. Mike Oxball, Grayson Shore, Will Jason, Dave, I want to finger your gun, Brunner, Brenner. Sorry, I got thrown by that name. Tristan Connett, Omar Rivera, Aaron Boyd, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Average Seal, Matt Williams, Tom Boneroffice McQueen, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Rhine, Chris Tehachapi Loop McKinney, Gary Cornley, Danny Insert Meta Joke Here Ruse, Matthew O'Sullivan, Betsy Batter, Little Mandar, If Pen's Penchant for Pinning Pen Penis. Peninsula, a pendant student would pens pinpricked penmanship. Oh, there's no spaces. Uh, in in uh, ship and analyze pinpoint penumbras. Oh, I wish there were spaces in that. Jobeth R. Bowers, Adam Stickney, Nathan Julian, Petty Officer Scoop. Daniel, one for Matt, I wistfully washed my Swiss wristwatch, and now I'm an Irish wristwatch. David K., David Peters, it's pronounced turmeric, chipotle, federal court order, YouTube offer, culinary, chimera, culinary, damn it, but go on. You guys are killing me. This is hilarious. Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Stephen White, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, and Brogan Hastings. Thank you so much. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.